Hey, welcome. Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio's episode 468 with aftermarket columnist, speaker, shop owner, and author Mitch Snyder here to discuss his new book, Misfire, What to Do When Things Aren't Running on All Cylinders. If you can figure out an internal combustion engine and you can figure out what's wrong with that, if you can diagnose that, you can certainly figure out what's wrong with your business. I had a small business, but I finally started to figure out how to make it run the way it needed to run so that it was working for me and I wasn't just working for it. Well, you write a book about business for people who wouldn't necessarily want to read a business book. So that the story becomes critical because that's the vehicle, pardon the pun, that carries you through this whole series of, of lessons and information. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Carm Capriato here with the voices, insights, and ideas that are shaping the future of the automotive aftermarket. Glad to have you here. Now, did you know that some of the very best shop owner and technician training takes place at Apex? Now, here's a quick question for you. Have you ever been to Apex at the Sands Expo in Las Vegas? Well, this should be your year. November 5th through the 7th, 2019. Go to aapexshow.com to register. Hey, there's still time. And please stop by the podcast studio. Love to meet you. I sure hope you've subscribed to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet. The podcast appears, you know, on over a dozen free listening apps, and you can find them listed on my apps page on the website. Go to remarkableresults.biz slash app. That's APP. Hey, so glad to have Mitch Snyder back for his third Coffee Time discussion. Mitch is an award-winning journalist, former shop owner, and published novelist. For more than 37 years, Mitch operated Schneider's Automotive, a successful six-bay family-owned and operated service facility in Simi Valley, California. Mitch has recent great news on the biggest challenge in his life as he has taken on primary myelofibrosis, a rare bone cancer, head-on. He's in his recovery after a successful stem cell bone marrow transplant in April 2019. I'm so glad to have him back to discuss his brand new novel, Misfire, What to Do When Things Aren't Running on All Cylinders. Mitch will give you a glimpse into the book and how he sees it helping aftermarket professionals improve their lives and their business. He shares the genesis of the book and his work to complete it so all aftermarketers benefit. Mitch says it started out as an outline seven years ago to a full-fledged 300-plus page novel that has, I believe, a unique feature, short chapters. No doubt the book will read easy and teach many. Find the book on my website's books page or at misfirebook.com. I'll be sure the links are in the show notes at remarkableresults.biz slash e468. Now here, Mitch, give you a glimpse into the evolution of the book. We're a struggling contractor with a Corvette with a misfire and a shop owner friend together take the journey to solve his business's problems. Misfire is Mitch's life's lessons, novelized from his experience as a shop owner. Hey, a warm welcome to Mitch Snyder, God number three. So glad you could be here for our third. I, um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I, I mentioned to uh, one of your listeners that, that emailed me, um, that we'd be talking. And I told him uh, that you and I getting together is like meeting a friend at a local coffee shop. 
and just hanging out and talking about life, which is about the highest compliment I think I can give you. Thank you so much. I do have my coffee because I know it's coffee with Mitch. <laughs> it's I just I just I just curated it, so it's nice, it's fresh, it's hot, and it's it's my favorite. It's the Newman's Newman's Organic. Ah. It's my favorite. So look at you. Put the book out, uh, Misfire. And boy, I have been anticipating this interview to talk to you about the book, the forthcoming book. Uh, tell me, Mitch, how how many years had you have you been working on this? Well, <laughs> recently three. Genesis of the book was really interesting. It, it really started as the, the skeleton of something entirely different. And uh, right after I recognized the similarities that exist between the functioning of an internal combustion engine, the four-cycle internal combustion engine, and and a business. I know all of a sudden there's a pause. It's like, huh, what? Um, but realistically, if you look at it, it makes so much sense. I mean, intake, com- intake compression, power, exhaust, right? Suck, squeeze, bang, blow. Um, intake is marketing, advertising, getting people interested in coming to your door. Um, compression is... Uh, what you need to do to go ahead and convert them from a motorist to uh, a customer and from a customer to a client. Power is the hard work of getting the work done, you know, the the proper diagnosis and what you need to do. And then uh, exhaust is getting the work out and then follow up and follow through. And what most people don't understand is that when your business isn't running right, it's misfiring. And when it's misfiring, it's because one of those elements is not working properly. Take me to the day that this became crystal in you, that you said, oh, my God, internal combustion engine, intake, compression, power, and exhaust absolutely positively relates to everything that we do in the business. Did you have like an outer body experience or did it just evolve? I, I was I think I was writing a column on something else and there was something going and it was a result of something that I shot naturally. And because uh, that was my laboratory. I recognized that something wasn't right. And I recognized that in relation to all the KPIs, key performance indicators of business metrics in the business, there was something that was out of whack. There was something that was wrong. And I, and I said to myself, I literally said to myself, the goddamn business is misfiring. And, and I need to do something about that. And in order to do it, I have to diagnose what's wrong. I know how to do that. I need to isolate the problem. I know how to do that. I know how to figure out how to fix it. I know where I can go to get the information necessary to fix it. Why am I struggling? Why don't I just figure, I mean, if it was a car and I were driving it down the road, I would pull over and figure out what's wrong with it, right? So why not do that with your business? It's the same principles apply. And we're good at diagnostics. We're good at fixing things. So why can't we fix our businesses? Because we don't stop long enough to figure out what's wrong with it. You came up with the idea of doing a book called Misfire, which I think is just the sexiest title you could have in, a, in an industry like ours. I mean, it's just perfect <laughs> and for all the right reasons. And, and it, it just it works. It's, it's warm. It's a warm feeling to realize that I'm getting ready to read a book called Misfire to help diagnose my business and to, you know, get it, get it firing on all cylinders. And, you know, maybe I'm not sure if that's the subtitle of the book, but obviously that is it, the subtitle, actually. it is. Wow. It is okay. 
what to do when things aren't running on all cylinders. Great. Okay. Well, you see, well, I, I should have known. I bought the book. It's not here yet, but I can't wait to get it and, and to read it. Uh, and oh, by the way, for my listeners, the book is up on my books page. You know, all the books we talk about on the show end up finding a home on the books page. And you can literally click there and go and check it out on Amazon. Um, so you said, God, I'm going to write this book. Now, what does an author do? Does, does an author go to a word processor? Does it go to a yellow pad and start doing brain dumps? And then, then you got to collect it and put it all together in, with chapters and some kind of format. You know, knowing you're a friend of the industry and, and that we all know you so well and followed you, I'm looking for a little behind the scenes is what it takes to pull it together. It was interesting. It was, uh, I don't know about an out-of-body experience, but I wrote an outline. It was a couple of pages long, and it was uh, elements that ultimately went into the book. But I put it down. I put it down for probably seven years. Um, after I was diagnosed, probably three three years after I was diagnosed, I had this compulsion. I, I, I was obsessed, actually. Uh, I was looking for something else. I came across the file. I read the file and I said, there's something here that that I need to do with this information for the industry. And and in all honesty, that grew, that, that changed dramatically over time to include all small business owners. And you start to write a story. You're, you're going to tell a story because one of the things that was re- really clear to me was that in our industry, there are not a lot of people that that would go to the local Barnes and Noble or go to Amazon.com and start really rifling through the business section to find a book on how to fix their business. Um, and there aren't many books that are written for our industry in the first place. So I, I started to go ahead, how do you solve that problem? Well, you write a book about business for people who wouldn't necessarily want to read a business book. So the, the story becomes critical because that's the vehicle, pardon the pun, that carries you through this whole series of, of lessons and information. And I started to do that. And originally, the shop owner was going to be the, the central character who takes you on this journey. And I don't know how, and I don't know why, but in the, in the, in the creation of the initial 197, 167 pages, excuse me, that came together, all of a sudden I woke up one morning and realized that the shop owner was the guru. The shop owner was the teacher who had already been through all of this. He'd already had his business start to fail and he had figured it out. And the central character in the book was a general contractor whose business was in shambles and his home life and his his personal life were coming apart along with his business. And he couldn't figure out why and he didn't know what to do. And he was, I'm going to give too much of the plot away, but he was driving his prized possession, his black Corvette convertible. The only thing in his life that was going right that he, he loved so dearly, it was all tricked out and ready to go when it started to misfire. That misfire led him to remember a conversation he had with somebody in his Corvette club that told him to go to this shop, this particular shop, 
because it would be an experience unlike any he had ever had. And uh, as providence and luck would have it, he was at the offering when the mist started. And that's where the story begins. Without giving the plot away, you've really, I think, enticed us to realize that this is not a business book where you're just hammering uh, everyone with concepts and strategies and tactics. You're really, you're, you're, you're threading a story together on how it relates to fixing the contractor's business and the wisdom that comes from the shop owner who's been there and done that. That's exactly right. Uh, and the shop owner, sh- the, the shop owner never gets involved in fixing the contractor's business. He gets involved in showing him how he fixed his business. So the lessons oh. for shop owners are in there as an example. And then there are, then there are numbers for contractors that are in there also, but the lessons you know the lessons apply throughout throughout the book, and and um, many of them were were lessons that I learned on the mat in a, in a studio in a dojo or or a martial arts studio yeah. um, about my own life, about me personally, um, about what you're capable of, yeah. and uh, and what you're not, and uh, it became this labor of love. And when I got serious about it and hired uh, an editor to help me write the book or to help and at least guide me through writing the book. We recognized very early. I recognized very early that we needed to do some character development. So the, the, you know, it's really funny. The book is very much like I am. I mean, I'm a stem cell bone marrow transplant patient with both my own DNA and my donor's DNA. If you were to swab my cheek, you would get the, DNA that ties me to my family, my daughter, my son. If you were to test my blood, you would get my donor's DNA. So the book is really exactly what I am. It's a chimera. Mm. It, it It is two organisms living in one body. And, uh, the one thing that you recognize about, about creating that is that once you create these characters and once, once they develop a rich full life which they have to have to interest you they get really contrary you can try and make them do what you want them to do and you'll be sitting there in front of the computer typing away like mad and all of a sudden you'll hear a voice in your head go no i'm not going to do that that's not what i would do <laughs> they become part of you oh yeah oh my oh, yeah. good to hear this behind the scenes stuff uh, from you um and and I think it helps us appreciate a little bit more about uh, the value of the book to the industry. The other thing I like about, and I haven't, I don't even have the book, but you were kind enough to send me the table of contents and I looked through it. And the first thing I realized is, oh my God, a four page table of contents. And then I stopped for a moment, looked into it a little deeper, saw that you had four fabulous sections, which is uh, the best, you know, that the best way you could possibly present it and I don't want to give away all that stuff but <laughs> I saw that you know the chapters were very short and small and boy I've read books like that Mitch and and you just you devour them because they come at you in, in like little chunks those are the books I like to read or, or have chapters like that I also recognize again that most small business owners aren't always readers and and if you're going to entice them to read they don't have great blocks of time to sit down and read, you know, a a 10 or 12 or 30 page chapter. Uh, So if you give them a page and a half, you give them two pages, you know, four pages, it's a lot, you know, 
is a long chapter in the book, then they can devour that and in you know, a little taste and come back. And each the, the beauty of it, I, I think what we what I accomplished, which was a really serious goal of mine, was that each chapter can stand alone. It's like you can stop reading at that point and then go back to the story mm-hmm. and not feel like you missed something. It'll just pick right up again. Got it. Hey, would you mind sharing some general themes that run through Misfire without giving away the whole book for us? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it starts out with a basic premise that that most small business owners recognize that they've bought, unless unless they figure all this out, they figure out that they've bought a very bad job. You, you get involved in a business and it eats you alive because you're constantly doing crisis management and damage control and, and you're never able to fix anything because you don't have the tools. You don't have the tools in your toolbox to do that. So I wanted to go and, and bring that compassion, that empathy into the storyline um, about the stress and the pressure and the anxiety of uh, owning and running a business, especially when things aren't going right. You know, everybody's a genius when everything's going well. If your business is marginal or it's falling apart, then it's taking a toll on you. And whether you realize it or not, whether you recognize it or not, it's taking a toll on everyone around you, everyone that's close to you. If you're if you're married, it's going to take a toll on your wife. Um, if you have kids, it's going to take a toll on your kids because you're never going to see them. You're going to be at the shop. I mean, I, when I used to do seminars all over the country, I, I used to do them on the weekends. And I would fly into a city. I was always fascinated when I was taking the ride from the airport to the hotel to scope out automotive repair shops at 9 o'clock at night that had the lights on and the bay doors open on a Friday night. And I know from personal experience from having done that myself that that's no way to live. So that's certainly one of the themes that goes through the book. I wanted to make sure that people are aware when they read the book that there are tools available to repair their business properly, you know, so they can actually become a DIYer for their own business. Mm -hmm. And there are also tools available if you want help. There are coaching consulting companies that are out there that are are able to do that. And and there's something else here that's really interesting, I think. In many ways, misfire is real because it's, in many ways, it's my story more than than um, one would think. I, I was having a great life. And then all of a sudden, I got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. You know, my life was running very smoothly. I had a small business, but I finally started to figure out how to make it run the way it needed to run so that it was working for me and I wasn't just working for it. And then all of a sudden, I got this misfire. The misfire was primary myelofibrosis. And we had to go ahead and figure out what to do about fixing it. So it's not a unique story. It happens in everybody's life. Everybody's been confronted with some challenge or or obstacle that they need to go ahead and overcome. And I wanted to go ahead and and show in misfire the mind-body connection that exists between being able to center yourself and remain lucid when everything around you is falling apart instead of getting caught up in the chaos so i wanted i wanted to uh to do that and and for shop owners in particular i wanted them to understand that if you if you can figure out a uh 
an internal combustion engine, and you can figure out what's wrong with that. If you can diagnose that, you can certainly figure out what's wrong with your business. You know, Mitch, I got to stop you for a minute and say, you know, we don't know that we have coaches in our industry, or you said, you know, we need coaches. It's a tool. How many that are sitting out there that need help, they, they must know that there's coaches. They've They've probably got friends that have got them that you can't miss it in social media that, you know, there's a lot of great support people. What prevents them from maybe, you know, putting it into gear or pulling the trigger on that? The easy answer would be ego. Um, But I'm not sure that that's it. I think it's more uh, fear of of being found out as a fraud. Um, All of us walk around with these basic insecurities about what we do and have done. I mean, you know, you write a book, it's 400 pages long, and then you spend 80% of your time thinking to yourself, what makes me special? What makes me able to write a book? Who would want to read anything that I want to read? You know, do I really want to sit down with somebody else and bare my soul to them about every aspect of how my business runs and then tell me everything that I did wrong? Do I want to, do I want to really hear that? So I think that's that's a big part of it. And and you have to um you remember uh We Are the World. Oh yeah. Michael Jet yeah, Michael Jet. There was a sign outside the studio door. It was real. It wasn't just a story. There was a sign outside the door that said, Leave your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready. You know, when you're ready, the teacher will appear. That's right. I think unfortunately a lot of people don't realize that they are ready when they are when when they need to be ready. That's a great point. They they don't realize they're ready until until they they're way beyond ready. Wow, it, it, it almost reminds me of I've got to lose weight or I've got to go exercise. I mean, there's there's sometimes that personal conviction that needs to take over and say I've got to do this no matter what. I'm gaining too much. I'm not losing. I'm losing my business. I'm I've just got a job. And, uh, you know, I'm such an advocate for business coaches because so many people that I've interviewed uh, have great businesses because of that. Well, I mean, even coaches have coaches. Yes, they so, do. Absolutely, they do. It's an important point. And, and, and you know, you just, you just said something that made me think that there's a chapter in the book called D-Words. You know, D-Words like discipline, discipline mm-hmm. dedication, determination. Um, all of those things are really critically important and, and they're, they're learned skills. They're, there are muscles that you need to exercise. Hey, Carm here. Now, you know, I attend Apex in Las Vegas each year. It's my must attend show for one simple reason. It keeps me up to date on everything in the global automotive aftermarket industry at Apex. I see, touch, and compare the latest new tools and equipment in the industry. I learn how new technology is affecting independent repair shops. I sit in on advanced training sessions on underhood service and alternative fuel vehicles. And so important, I network with others facing the same opportunities and challenges. I know many of you are shop owners, managers, or technicians. I also know going to Apex means time away from your business. But I simply don't know how you can stay ahead of the huge transformation and changes taking place in the industry without attending Apex. Hey, make Apex your must-attend show. The dates are Tuesday, November 5th through Thursday, November 7th at the Sands Expo in Las Vegas. Registration, it's only $40, and it only takes a few minutes. Go to aapexshow.com. I know you have some more topics to cover on Misfire, but let me ask you a question. 
you you wrote the book. It's published now. And do you hope that we can move our industry to greater heights because of the teachings that are in the book? God, that would be. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an an answer that wouldn't at least sound egocentric. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have written it if I didn't think it would help people. The people who read it. Mitch, you've always been a helper. You've been you've been writing for what twenty five? No, thirty years. Am I right? Thirty five. Thirty five. I've read your articles when when I had brown hair, and <laughs> and I and I, love, I wrote them when I had hair, <laughs> <laughs> and I love to read them because they were uh, they were objective, they were straight up. You didn't pull a punch. Uh, you had a great way to write. I mean, I think this is this could be a a, a total culmination of what you've learned as a journalist and how you've mo- motivated and moved people. It's probably a cul- this is this book to me, and I haven't read it yet, but as I see all the chapters, it's a culmination of all your writings, it seems. Well, I, I'm hoping it's the beginning of an, of another. I, I believe with a perfect faith that people read this book um, just like just like you are what you eat. You think what you read. Um, I, I think that it could impact their lives in a very positive way. And not just people in our industry, um, people in the construction industry, any small business owner. One of the things that I realized is, is that I could either limit the audience to just shop owners, or I could go ahead and write a story that would appeal to everyone. Yeah. And I was, and, I, and I'm hoping that's what I've accomplished. And I think it can, it can move the bubble. It seems to me that, and I don't know the contractor yet, I haven't read the book on the character, but it seems to me that that helps you open up to a general audience. Yes. Yeah. That was the point. Cool. But I didn't realize I did it until after I did it. <laughs> I wish I could tell you I was that smart. But uh, uh, No, it, you know why it came out like that? Because you had this bigger vision. Maybe you didn't quite know what it was until the book was done. I changed professions. I changed industries. But I felt, for those of you who read the book, I have felt every one of the emotions. I've experienced all the anxieties. I have gone through all the trials and tribulations personally that Kurt Kerrigan, that character in the book, has gone through. And uh, it doesn't matter what kind of a business you have, it can misfire. And when it misfires, you need to figure out what to do to fix it. And the best way to get the best way to fix it is to start fixing it. So martial arts were a, a big part of your life. Has how's it figured into the book? There are a lot of lessons that I learned um, on the mat, on the floor, in the dojo or studio, um, from countless countless teachers that were mentors that that uh i really feel each one appeared in my life and each style appeared in my life at a time in my life when i needed what they had to offer most and they were they were you know when the when the students ready the teacher appears and i you know i learned patience i learned discipline i learned um control uh i learned that there's a difference between force and impact I learned how important it is to be flexible, how important it is to have balance uh, in your life, how important it is to stay focused, and and how important it is 
to take a moment out to breathe and to clear your mind instead of allowing whatever's going on in your life or your business to whipsaw you around, slamming you back and forth into the, every time I've gotten clocked in a match, every time I've been, every time I've gotten knocked on my butt, it was when I wasn't focused on what I was supposed to be doing, when I was distracted. Those lessons are critically important when you're sitting in your office and all hell is breaking loose around you. It seems to me that if we have a peer or a friend in the industry that is struggling, now that we have a book that we could buy and send it to someone, <laughs> maybe we can get them to come out of there, as you said earlier, they're hiding behind their ego. Um, they're not, and you, I understood what you said about ego. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a short version of what's really wrong uh, to hide behind. But I think this is, this is marvelous. So, you know, I'm really struggling. Great. I'm going to send you something in the mail. We're going to talk in two weeks. I need you to read it. You know, I have, I, I had a colleague, I have a colleague that lived up in Santa Barbara and he used to take struggling he was in the transmission rebuilding business he would take struggling uh transmission shop owners to a seminar he would pay for him he would pay the the admission fee and he would say listen this, this is the deal i'll pay for you and if you can't make the money back with what you learned from the seminar that's fine don't worry about it no fault no foul if if you feel it's worthwhile and it sets you on the path then you can pay me back if you want to. I think this book, I mean, that's what I wrote it for. I, I designed it to be that book that you were talking about. I designed it so that it would open someone's mind, get them to think about things differently, take them into a different reality, and then make the connections from there. Well, we need to start doing more of this. I guess that's my whole point. And, and I want to encourage our, our audience and our listeners, uh, you know, I always say, share share the ideas share share the episode with people because we all know people that are in certain um forms or stages of struggle and like you had the idea of boom misfire came to you you know intake compression power and exhaust it came to you and maybe this book or the teachings of our podcasts in our industry and the articles that are written will help move somebody. It reminds me of another fabulous tool that we have that could open the, the eyes of so many of the people in our industry that are struggling that we need to have them get on this page because the more that are successful, the more that uh, are running great businesses, the whole image and the acceptance of our industry and the challenges aren't going to get any easier as we go down the line. And, and if you, you don't want to run a great business, then maybe it's time to get out. Well, I, I think along that same line, as the industry graves, as the industry um, shrinks from people leaving the natural attrition of just getting older and, re and retire, hopefully they can retire, uh, most people don't rec recognize how important it is to have a successful business or you have something to sell. You can retire. The pressure on those serious shop owners, those professional shop owners, will be so much greater because there'll be more cars to fix. 
So the efficiencies and, and the intelligent operations of, of running a business become even more critical. And, and I think it's important that, that shop owners recognize that. And I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing increases in MSOs and multiple shop operations. Yeah, yeah. Because the ones who have figured it out are moving in that direction. Mitch, out of all these great chapters, and you know, I love it, the fact that there's 83, <laughs> nice, short, succinct, you know, God, it makes it easy to read. Any favorite one or two that just sticks out? Oh, I, there, there are a bunch of them. Uh, it's like, it's like telling your, your, some of your kids that they're yeah, better looking the favorite than other. Kid. I got it. I, yeah, I love I, all my chapters. I really enjoyed a lot of the lessons that are, are brought forth in the book, but some of those lessons were based on real experiences um, that I've had throughout my life and, and people that I've met throughout my life, have been blessed to meet throughout my life and uh, have, have taught me and, and taught me well. So it's, it's really hard to say. I think the things that, the thing that I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be able to pick out a chapter but I think the transition that Kurt, that character, the contractor, goes through, the arc that he goes through as, as he's in such imminent danger and then begins to figure things out and slowly gets that flywheel moving and then makes the transition into beginning to run um, a successful business based upon what he's learned is what I really enjoy most about the book is the fact that it's realistic. It's doable. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's something that you can read and recognize that it's not easy, recognize that it's going to take time. I mean, I think the book is written in, in over a three year arc in, uh, as far as when it, when the misfire occurs and, and when we leave Kurt at the end of the book, Already been asked, I've already been asked to write a sequel or a prequel. Um, we ha we had twenty readers that were that we had actually forty people that volunteered to read the book, and twenty of them stayed with it and answered um, very specific questions during during the editing uh, of the book. And they were from all different backgrounds. There were there were three different shop owners that were involved. There were uh, three different contractors that were involved. There were aerospace engineers. I mean, there. Were, you name it, we had it. And uh, it was really interesting because the shop owners wanted me to do a prequel on the shop owner and how he got to be who he was. So I'm thinking about that. All right. Book two. Love it. Yeah, you know, and, and you're <laughs> right. I love it. How did he become so successful? What was his moment in time? Did he hire a coach? When did he discover he had his own misfire? And, you know, what, what a great storyline. Wow. <laughs> Mm -mm -mm. Where did you recall all this stuff in your life? I mean, I can't remember what I had for lunch. <laughs> well, I mean, it's easy to recall what happened on the Met because it usually was associated with a bruise. <laughs> so, oh, I get it. <laughs> lessons were easy when you're lying on the mat and somebody's got your wrist at a, at a 190 degree angle um, and you're tapping out. Uh, the, the, the lessons that you learn in the office or the lessons that you learn on the shop floor with a difficult diagnostic problem um, are etched into your cerebral cortex and they're burnt into your amygdala. So the holographic brain, you know, uh, 
brings them up all the time. Hey, look at uh, thank you. I know your time is so valuable that you you've you've come on the show now for your third time, and you and I are just having our coffee chat, which is always so much fun with you. Um, congratulations on the launch of the book. Uh, I hope everybody in the industry buys a copy. Uh, so for, do I. <laughs> I know you do for all the right reasons, Mitch. <laughs> for all the right, I, you reasons. know, I, I'm really looking forward to the book being out there and 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 people becoming aware of it and recognizing the the important role it can have um, in a better, stronger, more successful, more profitable future. Uh, beautiful, well said. Mitch has done two other interviews with us, and, and I don't think this will be his last. So anytime you would go to a Mitch Snyder show page on the website, uh, and, you know, every episode has a home and a place on the website, you can always click and we'll always be able to give you all of Mitch's um, interviews that he's done. So and we'll also put a link uh, in the show page for, for people to buy your book. And is, is there any it's is available on Amazon? Is that where it is, Mitch? Yeah, you can go to actually the easiest way to get there is to go to misfirebook.com. Oh, misfirebook.com. Oh, you got a website. Fabulous. I do. Go to go to misfirebook.com. You'll see right there on on the homepage. There's a field that says on sale now. If you click on that, it'll take you directly to Amazon, and you have a choice between the ebook and the paperback. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Congratulations, and uh, we'll talk soon. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 